This morning's scripture is in Psalms 103, verses 1 through 5. Psalms chapter 103, verses 1 through 5. God's word says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits, who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from your pit, who crowns who with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I do hope you're still looking at Psalm 103. If not, please open your Bible to that passage. Psalm 103. Here's a two-word summary of Psalm 103. You might even put it in your notes if you take notes. Pure praise. Pure praise. That's what Psalm 103 is all about. Pure praise. The whole psalm, 22 verses in our English translations, is all about praising God. What's so significant about that? I'll tell you what. David does not ask God for one thing. Now think about that. Don't misunderstand me because it's certainly not wrong in times of worship, in times of praise, to ask God for something. But one wonders sometimes if our services don't become imbalanced, where a lot of the time we invest in asking God for something, and perhaps way too little time is invested in praising Him. Blessed are the balanced. And how important it is to not only go to God and worship with our needs, but it it is also essential that we go to God with our praise. I'll put it plainly. When we get to be with God forever, we're only going to be praising Him because we're going to have need of nothing. Seems like it would make a lot of sense to praise Him more now and to be aware of the fact that He knows our needs and will take care of His own. That doesn't mean we never ask God for anything. Often I come to the Lord when I'm worshiping publicly or privately with real needs. But I long to come to God with greater praise. And I hope you do too. It's a question that I've been asked quite a bit through the years. And not only from people in the pew, but from those who preach. How can I 
be more focused and less distracted in worship. Adam, you're kind of smiling. Those of us who preach, and why I say I've been asked this by preachers, preachers can be so busy thinking about their lesson and the number of points throughout all of the, uh, the worship assembly that they sometimes are distracted by their sermon from the worship and praise of God. How can I set aside my worries, set aside my problems, for a while to just be better able to express my love and praise and thanks to God? I'd say that's a really good question, wouldn't you? There is not a passage in all the Bible that answers these questions about being more focused and being better equipped to give God the praise that He richly deserves, but we often feel that we're so lacking in the ability to give. There's not a better passage in all the Bible than Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5. This passage about pure praise really deals with preparing ourselves to worship and praise in the opening verses. Psalm 103, 1 through 5. Four insights for offering purer praise to God. Now admittedly, for those that are already satisfied with the purity of praise that you're giving God, this lesson may not be for you. But for those of us who are mere mortals and who struggle and who get distracted and who tend to lose focus and who worry and who get stressed about things, this lesson is for us. Preparing ourselves to give God purer praise. Insight number one. If you and I would give God purer praise when we worship This insight must not be missed. Psalm 103, verse 1. Determine to bless the Lord. Determine to bless the Lord. This morning we got ready for worship. And when we talk about getting ready for worship, most of the time we're talking about shaving and clothing, showering and the like. The determination must be made to bless the Lord. I would strongly suggest that that is more important than other types of preparation. As much of a place as they may have, the determination has to be made to bless the Lord. So important it is that three times in one and a half verses, bless the Lord, O my soul... Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord and forget not all of His benefits. Three times, two verses. The word bless should be paid special attention to. Here's what it means. To bless means to delight God's heart. To make God smile. 
to delight God's heart and make God smile by my expression of love and praise and thanks to him. That's a determination that needs to be made. Determine that you desire to bless the Lord. And the word Lord there is the major word in the Old Testament for God. The text doesn't say, bless me. The text here doesn't say, bless all my idols that I really sometimes am am tempted to put ahead of you, God. It says, bless the Lord. I dare say people that really go into praise and worship of God with the attitude to bless the Lord, a practice of this insight to bless the Lord will find themselves remarkably blessed. If we go into worship with the desire to bless the Lord, we will find ourselves blessed as a byproduct. Bless the Lord. It's a determination that needs to be made in advance. I want to express my love and my praise and my thanks to Him, to Him. One wonders if we've really prepared for worship, regardless of showering, shaving, and putting on our clothes, if we've not prepared to worship by making the determination that I want to bless the Lord, to delight His heart, to make Him smile by my expression of love and praise and thanks. Number two, how can our praise be pure? How can we prepare to worship God in a way that we should. You know, and we rightly in churches of Christ talk about avenues of worship, the Lord's Supper and singing and prayer and the study of the Word and giving as we've been prospered. And I would not take anything away from what the Bible teaches about the avenues or ways we express worship to God. But we don't say enough about preparing ourselves to come into His presence. And that is so important. It's not just a matter of duty, although it is duty. It's a matter of devotion. Determine to bless the Lord. Secondly, engage in serious self-talk. Engage in serious self-talk. Look at the passage. Adam, you had that puzzled eyebrow expression on you. What's, where's my going with this? I'm going into the text. If all else fails, we'll just look at the text. Bless the Lord, O my what? Soul. Soul. Something that is immaterial in the sense that it's not material, it's spiritual. Something that lasts forever. 
Here is self-talk at its most serious best. And a lot of people couldn't be serious in life if their life depended on it. Others are so serious about a lot of things, but they're not serious enough about their soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And he begins exactly where he needs to begin. Let me ask you this, y'all. David know anything about struggle? David know anything about gigantic problems in his life? David know anything about stress and pressure and worry? It is none of these things he's talking to. He's talking about a determination to bless the Lord. And then he is speaking in a serious way to his own soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul! And then he adds this. All that is within me, bless his holy name. You see that, Brother Jack? He goes from his soul, the most precious possession that he has. Let me begin there. The involvement of the soul. Let me put it this way. You know the song we sing, Home of the Soul? If for the prize we have striven after our labors are o'er, rest to our souls will be given on the eternal shore. Home of the soul. People will enjoy the home of the soul who have made their soul God's home while they were on earth. Did you get that? No one will enjoy the home of the soul in glory who has not made their heart God's home while they were on earth. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Colossians 1.27, Christ lives in me. Galatians 2 and verse 20, bless the Lord, O my soul. And then he adds comprehensively, all that is within me, all. Everything that makes you, you. Hear me, Thomas? Hear me, Thomas's brother Philip? Everything that makes y'all, y'all. Bless him with. All your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Mark 12 and verse 30. Express your love and praise and thanks in a way that delights God's heart in accordance with all the person that we are. The persons that we are. Too much worship and praise is heartless, soulless, mindless, and energyless. Too much worship and praise is detached. When Scripture, Old Testament, and New repeatedly emphasize all 
that is within us. Bless his holy name. Bless his holy name. God is, is the God before whom, whose presence we're coming. You know what worship is? You know what praise is that really begins to honor God? Worship and praise are the response of those who are overwhelmed by God's grace. And I look at Psalm 103, and David was so overwhelmed by God's grace in his life, despite all of his troubles, despite all of his difficulties, all of his problems, that I have to, through the Holy Spirit, write a psalm that is wholly devoted to his praise. I wish more churches were like David here. Wholly devoted to his praise. Whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10.31, do all in the name of the Lord. Colossians 3 and verse 17, his holy name should be blessed. And the name represents all that God is and does. I want my praise to accurately represent God's holiness and all that He is and does. Overwhelmed by His grace. Bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless His holy name. Insight number three. You want to offer purer praise. Look at verse 2. Here's the insight. Remember not to forget. Notice the text and it says, Forget not all his benefits. The word forget is found in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verses 12 through 14. Deuteronomy 8, verses 11 through 14, it's found of Israel as they would be coming into the land of promise and forgetting that God is the one who is responsible for their being able to enter that great land of milk and honey. Don't forget. Forget not. And the idea is this. There is not deliberate forgetfulness. Forget not. There is not one single blessing, one single benefit that Christians should deliberately just kind of neglect. Oh, I know God did it, but it was, it, it, it was 10% God and 90% me. It was 30% God and 70% me. 
Look at the little word all because it is the most important word after Lord in Psalm 103. All that is within me, remember all his benefits. See it? May I, with all that's within me, remember all his benefits. Psalm 13 and verse 6, the Lord has treated me bountifully. What shall I render the Lord for all of his benefits toward me? Psalm 116 and verse 12. If you and I have a problem with worship and praise, at the root of it is a problem with love and a problem with thanks. It really is. Because blessing God has to do with the expression of love and praise and thanks to Him. Number four. Get this insight, please. If our worship would be purer praise to God... And truly delight his heart and make him smile. We should focus on God's loving kindness and mercy. Look at verses 3 through 5. Here's what happens in verses 3 through 5. He starts thinking about God's benefits. Verse 2. And he puts together a string of pearls. And the string of the pearls, these blessings and benefits of God that show his loving kindness and mercy, the string is memory. He takes these beautiful blessings and he looks at his own life and his memory And he strings them together in a way that you and I can connect with them. And here's the idea. The five expressions are all participles, I-N-G terms. Uh, You'll have who forgives all our iniquities. Forgiving who? God. Forgiving all our iniquities. Okay? Healing All our diseases. That's how it goes. But to make it even more simple, let's just put an S on it. As we look at this pearl necklace, one of the pearls says, He forgives. God forgives. If God doesn't forgive, we all may as well go home. Amen? He forgives. We say to err is human to forgive what? Divine. 
He forgives. Divinity, God forgives. And not only that, keep looking. He forgives all. Think of the comprehensiveness of forgiveness. He forgives all. And then forgiveness is personal. My. Our. Your. And then forgiveness. He forgives all our iniquities. And that's an ugly word for sin. Things that we should have done but didn't. Omission. Things that we did that were beyond the boundaries of God's word. Commission. He forgives what I want you to understand. Listen, y'all. What great news this is. His forgiveness is just as real as his healing, as his redeeming, as his crowning, as his satisfying are real. We're dealing with reality because we're dealing with the real God. He forgives. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Psalm 23, verse 6. Shouldn't have to look too hard. David could string together a necklace of beautiful pearls. God forgives. God heals. Some people just want to look at this verse and talk about, does this mean that God heals physically? Well, I believe we prayed for a number of people that were sick and that God blessed them with healing. He worked through providential means to bring about their healing. I look here and there's, there's Steve Mills over here. We prayed for him an awful lot just a few years ago, right around this time in an accident he was in. I think about Jeff Scott over there. We prayed for Jeff. Others can be brought out that we prayed for. And yes, God may in his pleasure and will choose to answer these prayers. But I believe what's especially being talked about is spiritual sickness. He heals us of our diseases. You know... A person who's suffering may use that suffering to grow stronger in faith. Jesus did, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things that he suffered. Hebrews 5, 8 and 9. Suffering may make us stronger in the Lord. Hebrews 12, 11. We tend to live in a world that thinks that suffering is the worst thing that can happen to anyone. That's not true. The worst thing that can happen to anyone is to die lost. To die in their sin. Maybe again, just as we sometimes take to God our needs and forget maybe to praise Him as we should... In worship. Sometimes we focus on our illnesses and we do not think enough about those that are sin sick and lost. Notice again, He redeems us 
from the pit. Redeeming us from the pit. It sounds an awful lot like Psalm 16, verses 8 to 11, that was quoted by the Apostle Peter in the sermon on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. You will not allow my soul to see corruption. He redeems us from the pit. You know, if the Lord doesn't redeem, forgiveness and healing cannot occur. He redeems. By purchase and by power, He redeems. He shed His blood to purchase the church. And His power makes us whole. I love the fourth one. He crowns us. He crowns us. I'm sure sometimes He would like to crown us, and we use the expression that way sometimes. But the text says He crowns us. You know what that means, Waylon? It means he treats you and me like royalty. And the crown that is placed on our heads is not comprised of silver and gold, but of loving kindness and mercy. Two great words of the Old Testament. His grace and his kindness. Might be how we put it. He treats us like royalty. Let me ask you. If you never got another paycheck, could you humbly say that God has treated you like royalty? If you'd never had another day of good health, could you honestly say that God has treated you like royalty? If you never took another breath, Jim, could you honestly say that God has treated you like royalty? He crowns us with His loving kindness and mercy. Let the church say amen. And since we're talking about blessing the Lord with all my soul, it doesn't just involve our lips. It involves all our soul and all that's within us. Amen? And then notice what the passage says. He satisfies. He provides. He satisfies. In Psalm 90 and verse 14, the Word of God says, Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, and we will rejoice and be glad all of our days. Well, on Sunday morning, November the 28th, 2021, by looking at Psalm 103, God is a satisfying God. Therefore, we can rejoice and be glad all of our days. Lest anybody didn't get these, 
I guarantee you this will work because it's right from God's Word. You want to offer God purer praise. You want to be more involved and less distracted, more focused on praising God and worshiping God. If you want to do that, and that is really a priority in your life, think about these four insights again. Determine to bless the Lord. Do it as a matter of preparation for worship and praise. And then secondly, what was it? Have a serious self-talk. Engage in serious self-talk. Oh, my soul. David's talking to himself. All that's within me. Bless his holy name. Third, remember not to forget all that is within me All his benefits I want to remember. Fourth, focus on God's loving kindness and mercy. That's what David does in verses 3 through 5. I believe the principles, though found in the Old Testament, are certainly reiterated, restated in the New And you know what? It makes me thankful for David even more because I know that he was a king that had to deal with all kinds of struggles and problems. How about David's family, brothers and sisters? Amen there. Think about that. And yet he, through the Holy Spirit, gives us this psalm of praise. David probably had less than a quarter of the Old Testament. And we possess all 39 books, right? David didn't have the New Testament. We have all 27 books. And yet there is a focus on praising God that there's not a person in this building and yes, in all the world can't learn a lot from. No wonder why he was called the man after God's own heart. Because he wanted God in his soul and all that was in him, every part of his being. The sermon is yours. Perhaps there's one here today that needs to come to Jesus in faith, repentance, and baptism to have their sins washed away by the loving provision of God in Christ. There will be no better time than now. Perhaps there is an individual here that's been way too distracted, way too worried about things. And needs to learn the lesson anew that David's teaching us through the Spirit. If you need our prayers for strength and for help, we would be humbled to pray for you. I want to work with Christians that more than anything want to bless the Lord with all their soul and with all that's in them. When that is our deepest longing, 
people will come to us and want to know more about God. Let us stand and sing.